Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to Live Life Real. I'm Caleb. My name's not gonna change anytime soon, so I don't really know why I say that every time, especially since it's just me, but whatever. You just have to remember my name, because I'm not gonna let you forget it. Why? Because it's part of my identity, duh! <laughs> I hope you're having a great day. I'm so glad you decided to come back and join us, uh, join me again for our conversations that we're, um, continuing on. Remember, it's been a bit, I'm sorry, it's been a bit since we last met. Uh, <laughs> you know, life kind of got a little hectic. But you know what, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna pick right back up where we left off and we're gonna push on forward learning the Word of God and how the Bible can be practically applied to our lives. Last time we met, we started our extended discussion on relationships. Now, that's a big old topic, and we're not going to get to everything, but we just start, we started our extended discussion on relationship. And last time we met, we discussed identity. Because before you can be in healthy relationship with anyone, you must first know how you are identified by God. Continuing our extended discussion, this big old conversation we're having on, our, on relationship, we're going to be talking today about the necessity of relationships. Let me start this off by posing you a question that I myself was posed. Guy looked at me one day and he said, Yo, Caleb, are relationships necessary? And it was really, really a question that took me by surprise. I was like, please explain. So he, he started re um, replying. So he said, according to him, science will show at times that the areas of the brain... Um, you know, how it's all recept the receptors and they light up, you know, activity and all that. Science shows that the same areas of the brain light up when consuming some illicit substances as when we are socializing with people. Whether it's talking with them, just hanging out with them, sitting on the couch or across couch or whatever, just in the presence of people, we have that same response. Are relationships necessary? If we have these drugs, why do we need people? And it brought up an interesting thought in my head. Why do we even need relationship to begin with? Now, we're going to quickly switch gears because there's no segue to this. This is like a gear shift from gear one to gear three. Think for a second about introverts and extroverts. I told you there was no transition there. <laughs> Think about introverts and extroverts. And if, if you're not, not sure what those are, quick rundown. Introverts tend to prefer to spend time around few people or they're more alone, like be alone. Well, extroverts tend to spend time around lots of people, right? That's uh, obviously a um, oversimplified explanation. There's so much nuance that I, I couldn't even put it into a single episode. But think about introverts and extroverts. Both introverts and extroverts have a common issue, a lack of deep relationship. Extroverts tend to make up for this lack of deep relationships by being acquaintances with many, but intimate with few. Or excuse me, they don't try to make up with that, that's their issue. They are acquaintances with many, they know a lot of people, but they're very intimate, they're very vulnerable with very few. They try to make up for this lack of intimacy by meeting a bunch of new people, but when they do that they struggle to be vulnerable because they fear appearing weak. I understand this deeply as an, as an extrovert with an explanation point. I struggle with this, that I have a lot of people I call my friends, but sometimes I struggle with the deep relationships 
because I just have so many, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be needy. I don't want to fear coming across as someone who is clingy. So I just make a bunch of friends and spread my issues across all my friends in small quantities instead of being vulnerable with a few. On the flip side of an extrovert is an introvert. Introverts tend to be intimate and vulnerable with a few people and don't really want a lot of people. Now you might think to yourself, well then that sounds like introverts would have deep relationship. No. <laughs> introverts, again, oversimplified here, have a fear of speaking too much. They sometimes hold deep trust issues and, and like being reserved is a defense mechanism. And so when you think about these two groups, they ask the same question that I was posed. Are relationships necessary? And I'm going to answer that very, very easily. Yes! <laughs> you need relationship in your life. Relationship is necessary. You do not need drugs. You need people. See, when we were created, God did not create us to be alone. He created us with an innate desire for a bond-type relationship with other people. That is my definition of relationship. Relationship is being in relation to having a connection and being involved with other people through a bond-type connection. It's a bonding. This bond-type connection, relationship, is biblically enforced all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament everywhere. And we're going to see that as we go through our conversation today, the how both the Old and the New brings up relationship all the time. Think about it for a second. If you know anything about the legal system, you know that solitary confinement is still a legal punishment, right? And we consider it one of the harsher punishments, why is that? Because it starves the person of relationship. It starves the person of something that is needed deep inside their soul that they were created to have. To sit in silence with no one around you is one of the most damaging punishments we still have in the legal system because it says you cannot be in relationship with anyone. Drugs and illegal substances, I've already alluded to, is a short circuit to relationship. It's not the real deal. Even outside Christianity, relationship is necessary. Relationship is recognized as something that we need. Go look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Whether you agree or disagree with it, halfway through the triangle is love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. That is relationship. The study of science and the body of psychology and sociology recognizes the need for relationship. So yes, absolutely, relationships are necessary. And let me show it to you through the Bible. We're going way back today. We're starting all the way in Genesis chapter 2 verses 18 through 25 and then verses 2 and 18 are our key verses. I'm going to read this real quick. It says in Genesis 2 18 through 25, and the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to all birds, all beasts. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. 
So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. 18 through 20, 18 and 20, those are their key verses. The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. When you look at the creation story and everything that went on in those six days, Adam was unique in the entire creation. There was no creation like Adam. There was none that had the mind, the spirit, the soul. None had the breath of God unlike Adam. And so he was unique among all things. And he was alone. And now that makes sense because God being a triune person, being God the Father, Son, and the Spirit, there exists within them perfect relationship. And so if there exists within the Godhead perfect relationship, then it almost stands the reason that God would create his creation to be in relationship as well with more than just him. And we're going to get to that in a second, but look at what the Bible says, how Adam was unique, and it calls Eve a helper. It says the Lord God made a somewhat a helper comparable. Some translations say the word, use the word suitable. Comparable means similar. Suitable is fitting. God created Eve, who is similar and fitting for the man. Gary Chapman, in his book, The Five Love Languages, is an amazing book. I'm reading out of the singles edition here. He writes this. In the ancient biblical account of creation, God says of Adam, it is not good for the man to be alone. God's answer to man's need was, I will make a helper suitable to him. The Hebrew word for suitable literally means face to face. The picture is that God created one with whom man could have a face-to-face relationship. It speaks of that kind of in-depth, personal relationship, whereby the two are united in an unbreakable union that satisfies the deepest longings for the human heart. God created Eve to be in relationship with Adam as a symbol of being in relationship with God himself. See, Adam and Eve walked in the garden with God. They talked with him as friends. Think about it. In today's world, we can't see God. We've never touched him. We've never seen him. We've probably never heard his voice. How can we then be in relationship with God? We can have relationship with God and understand how to be in relationship with God when we have relationship with each other. Eve's creation was symbolic of being in relationship with God. So then what does it mean to be in relationship with God? And how does that apply to being in relationship with each other? Being in relationship with God means modeling or exemplifying Christ-like behavior. So it's keeping all interactions Christ-centered. Romans 15, 5-6 Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do keeps Christ in the center. Exemplifying Christ-like behavior is showing love, mercy, grace, kindness, and the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22-23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. 
It means living in harmony with all people as much as it is up to you, Romans 12, 18. Literally, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. It means communicating with and supporting each other, having community. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31, but key verses would be 12, 26 through 27. Paul is talking about unity and diversity in the body and how we are all one body yet different parts. And in 26-27 he writes, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We are a united body. We are a single group. And when I'm hurting, when I'm struggling with something, then my friends struggle with me because that's who we are. And when my friends are rejoicing, when something really good has happened, hey, they got a hundred on an anatomy exam. They got a hundred on an accounting exam. Man, accounting will wreck y'all's GPAs. <laughs> like they got a hundred on accounting exam. I celebrate with them. A relationship with God and modeling Christ-like behavior means being in community and communicating with and supporting each other. Our interactions in this Christ-like behavior mirror how we interact with God. Think about this for a second. If we cannot interact with each other, we cannot interact with God. If we do not know how to have relationship with each other, we don't know how to have relationship with God. But the inverse is true too. If we can't have a relationship with God, if we don't know how to relate with God, we don't know how to relate with each other. This all means that we have to learn how to walk with God as we show Christ to each other. The best way to put this is an amazing example. I'm sure I've heard this somewhere. I doubt it's original, but it's an equilateral triangle. If you remember your geometry, an equilateral triangle is a triangle with even sides and even degrees on each three corners, right? If you put yourself at the left bottom corner and a person, another person at the right bottom corner and God at the top, as you move closer to God, right? Because everything is being in relationship with God. As you move closer to God, you move closer to each other. Relationship is about keeping God first. And as you keep him first, you build in relationship with each other. But you only know how to move up as you move sideways. And they only know how to move sideways as you move up. What else does it mean to be living in relationship with God? It means living out the greatest commandment of them all. This is Matthew 22, 35 through 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asking Jesus a question, testing him, said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Dissect this real quick. The first half of the commandment is vertical. The relationship with God. That's the priority. The second half of the relationship is horizontal, which is each other. If our vertical relationship with God is correct, our horizontal will work out. But, remember, we can't see God, so how do we know to interact with Him? How do we know to have relationship with Him? How do we understand this? We understand our horizontal relationship through our vertical relationships. As Christians, if we want to have relationship with God, if we want to have a relationship with each other, since relationship is absolutely necessary, we need to change our mind and realize that relationship with God as a Christian does not come down to we must. We need to realize that we want it. We want relationship. Our relationship is not must do, but we want to. 
We want to be in relationship with God just as we want to be in relationship with each other. Since the fall of man and sin entered the world in Genesis 3, we do not know how to simply be. Back in middle school and high school when you studied the English language, think about the state of being verbs. They were am, is, was, were, be, being, been, right? These verbs indicated a state of being. Ever since sin has entered the world, we do not know how to simply be in relationship with God. We think we have to please him. We think we have to do all these things to try to win his affection, to win his love, to win his relationship, when really he just wants us to sit and to be in relationship, just as Adam and Eve were in the, in the garden. They were just simply there. When we realize that relationship should be we want to and not we have to do this. Because God wants to get, be in a relationship anyway. He wants it there. He just wants it. He's not going to force us to do anything. We don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to God. He accepts us where we are. When we realize that we want to be a relationship, when we have that mindset of I want to be in a relationship with God, we will change our mind and we will realize that reading our Bible and praying to Him is not a law. It's not a commandment, but this is how we learn to be. This is our guidebook, our lesson plan, our communication with our accountability partner to how to learn how to simply be. Remember we talked about many conversations ago how God himself is simply I am. When his name was asked, he simply said, I am. Because God is, so we are to simply be. Being in relationship with God, this want to, right? If we want to do it, that means it's a conscious choice we must make. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give you. Notice God says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, right? But because we're sinful, and because we desire the things that are anti-God, we have to choose to be in relationship with him. And this is very clearly pointed out in 2 Timothy. This, when I read this verse one of the first times, it whacked me. Basically, Paul is writing, uh, finishing his letter to Timothy, and he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas chose the things of the world. He chose not to be in relationship with God. He didn't want it. And this is how we're going to all tie it back down together. Remember, relationship is necessary, right? And so at the end of the day, if relationship is necessary with each other, then we have to want to be in relationship with God so we can have relationship with each other. C.S. Lewis has some amazing quotes here. He said on one, uh, one time, Love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as can be obtained. He also said, Do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the greatest secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. When you choose to be in relationship with God, when you want that relationship, you will look at your Bible, you will look at prayer, you will look at your fellow believers, and you will look at the people who do not believe, and you will say, I want to be in relationship with you because I know my relationship with the Father. I know what it means to be loved, and I know how it means to be wanted 
And so I want the same thing with you. I want to love you. I want to show you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want you to be in relationship with God, just as you are in relationship with me. And so I hope as we have been going through these conversations and will continue to go through these conversations, that as you and I build relationship through these, that you will take what we build and go use it with others. That you will take the relationship and this dynamic and you will have this same dynamic and relationship with others. But more than that, I hope that you will take this and then apply it to your relationship with God. Sit down with God as if you're sitting with me right now and just talk with him. Just speak. Years ago, a missionary came to our church and I will never forget this example. He was talking about prayer and he was saying, have you noticed how we always close our eyes and bow our heads and change our voice when we talk to God in prayer? He says, I would never do that to my wife. I would never walk up to my wife, close my eyes, bow my heads, change my voice and say, oh honey, I need to go to the store and get some milk and I borrow the keys. You would never do that. So his point was, why would you treat God that way if you're supposed to be in communication with him, in open dialogue? Why would you treat it some weird way? And so to close out the service, he had us stand, open our eyes, look up, and speak normally, and pray normally, as if we were talking to each other. I was probably five or six years old, and I've never forgotten that. Because that is truly how we should be in relationship with God. When we petition God, when we come to Him with our requests, or just to talk to Him, it shouldn't be some special thing. It shouldn't be as you bow your head and close your eyes. There's nothing wrong with that. Reverence is an important thing, but it shouldn't be the only way. It shouldn't be our default. It should be as if you're talking to me. It should be as if you're talking to your friend, your best friend. It should be as if you're talking to your pastor. That's how you should talk with God. That's how you have relationship with God. And when you have that relationship with God, then you're most definitely going to have that relationship with everyone else because you will want it. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we've gotten just to sit down and talk about relationship and how it is so necessary and how you truly choose us in the middle of it all. Even though we are sinful and even though we do all the wrong things and even though we try to people please you, you still saw a need to have relationship with us. You still saw a need to create Adam and create Eve as a symbol of how to be in relationship with you. I thank you for that creation. I thank you for that desire that you, you that you have for us and that desire you put in us to be in relationship with you. God, I simply ask that we every day when we wake up, we will choose to be in relationship with you. We will choose willingly, happily, gladly, joyfully to say, yes, God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want your love and I want to love you. And as we choose to be in relationship with you, I ask that we will also choose to be in relationship with each other, that we will go about our days and our, all our activities showing your love as you give it to us, building the relationships with each other so we will have both a stronger relationship with each other, but also with you. And as we go through the day, 
in our days. May we recognize the power that is in relationship, the accountability, the strength, the love, the support, the power, the body, the unity that comes through relationship. May we always want that and may we always actively pursue it no matter what's going on. Even when we feel like that nobody cares about us, when nobody loves us, when nobody wants to be around us, may we listen to your word that says you created us for relationship and you still want that for us and you still placed people around for us. Because I I know firsthand when it felt like there was nobody around, there was actually someone around, even though I didn't know it. And so may we listen to your spirit when we feel that way and reach out and go forth. Send the people into our lives that we need to build relationship with, believers and non-believers alike, and in whoever they are, may we show your love and your light through all things. And so in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you again for giving up some of your time to sit down and study God's word and us talk and learn more about relationship. It's always, always a good time. I'll catch you next conversation. So until then, stay warm because it is cold outside. (laughs) Bye.